Hello, everyone. Welcome to Industry Headlines. He's Kevin Kaufman. I'm Fred Weaver, and uh, we're talking about what's going on in the news this week, Kevin. Yeah, what is new? I mean, I feel like not a lot's new. It's kind of it's kind of more information on what we've been talking about, but what's in the uh, lineup for today's episode? Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, the number of forbearances that uh, are already going on out there. Keeps growing. Talk a little bit about Chase. They were in the news last week. They're in the news again with more changes. And then a little bit of non-COVID news. We're going to talk about some NAR data that was just released about first-time homebuyers. Awesome. Well, all right, let's get started off. So talking about nearly 3 million borrowers already in forbearance. <laughs> 3 million, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate part there is it already exceeds uh, the projections, right? Um so Black Knight, which you and I know, they've been around for a long time. They're a data company out there. Um, they did a, a sample of uh, nearly 1.4 million borrowers whose loans were backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And uh, they did this sample and then they went and they looked and, and they did it across the whole country. So their, their numbers right now, Kevin, they're assuming that, uh, that overall there's somewhere in the ballpark of about 2.9 million mortgages are in forbearance. That was as of April 16th. It's the 20th. So we can assume that's grown a little bit. And that figure, 2.9 million, 3 million, if we're rounding up, it represents 5.5% of all active mortgages. 5.5%. Yeah, those loans total up to $651 billion worth of unpaid principal loan balances. Yeah, you heard that right, $651 billion. So um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a lot, right? So that, I mean, that's a big number. He, gosh, you know, I, I said something to you jokingly off air about our government and their ability to do things correctly or not. And yeah, I mean, just... How is it? We're a couple of weeks into forbearances, right? Because I mean, it's it's only I say only we're recording this on April twentieth, so it's the third week of April, fourth week of April, um, and which means like the reality, we've only had kind of like one cycle of payments. What happens on May first? Because a lot of people who were able to withstand kind of that March to April changeover, like yeah. most people are going to fall off. It's not like you know I know there's a lot of talk about going back to work or whatever reopening on May 1st or, or whatever the talk is these days, depending on the state. Um, it's not like that's going to just make everything kind of go back to normal. So there's going to yeah. be more fall off and more pain as we get into May. Like how is it three weeks in, we're already way past what the people, the officials have projected as what we're going to, to me, this is, this is a bad sign. It's a bad yeah. sign. Well, let me share with you another bad sign, which is how fast it's growing. So the Mortgage Bankers Association came out after our last industry headlines. So like a day or two after April 13th last week, and they said that 3.74% of all borrowers were in forbearance according to their numbers as of April 5th. Okay. So they released something, you know, about a week ago that said 3.74, but then just a couple days later, uh, not even a week, right? Black Knight's data comes out and says now 5.5% of all mortgages. So that's jumped really quick in a matter of just a couple of weeks. Um, furthermore, 7.6% of loans backed by FHA and VA are currently in forbearance. So that's an even higher portion of the population. Um, you know, there's about 12.1 million FHA VA loans out there. Uh, and almost a million of them right now are in forbearance. So that's and a pretty big, interesting number. The hard, for me, the hard part, and that's the more telling number, right, is 
you know, typically it's the first time home buyer, not always a first time home buyer, but typically it's a first time home buyer. And definitely in that lower price bracket, obviously, because FHA only goes up so high, that's taking advantage of those FHA loans, right? With the lower down payment, et cetera. So, I mean, to me, that's a sign of like those people overall would be, you would expect them to be more susceptible to something like this going on. Um, my guess is that number continues to get higher. That's just too big of a number. That's yeah. just too big of a number of people to not be making a mortgage payment. And, yeah. and, and to our listeners out there, you know, we're talking, we're spending a lot of time on this, but it, it, this num- these numbers matter. Keep in mind that a forbearance is basically a Band-Aid. It, it's, a, it's a temporary relief of payments with some form of repayment coming in the future. Now, you know, could deferral be how some of these are repaid? Yes. Well, the scarier part to me, Kevin, is that most of these forbearances are being given without any agreement in writing about how they're going to be repaid, what terms they're going to be repaid on, and when they're going to be repaid, right? So that's the scarier part to me is like the banks can't, ha- they couldn't process that many loans in a couple week period with terms. So they're just giving forbearances out and they're going to try to figure it out later. And if there's one thing you and I know about banks is uh, they struggle to respond quickly and appropriately and fairly and accurately all the time. So watching this go down, as you said, it, once May 1st rolls around, how that's going to impact things, it's going to get bigger and bigger, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. So maybe some less depressing news. We'll go to, we'll go to our next story, right? So last week we talked about Chase upping their credit score requirements, upping their down payment requirements, right? And now they've come out again and said, Hey, we're no longer accepting home equity line of credit applications. They put a temporary pause on all HELOC applications of credit. Like that's, um, that's, that's another big sign. Yeah, I mean, they would like you to know that uh, there's economic uncertainty. That was one of the quotes from the Chase executive that was uh, interviewed about this. Um, They're pausing applications for home equity. But if you want to access your home equity, you can still do a cash out refinance. Okay, that's a little bit more certain for them. There's an appraisal done at the time of that and they can change those guidelines. So it's very interesting. What's going to be more interesting to see now, now Chase home equity lines of credits are still open, meaning that homeowners that have one can draw funds from them. But you and I remember a time in the not so distant past, we're going to go back about 10, 11 years now, where banks uh, around the country also said, you know what, we're going to close out these line of credits. So these, these line of credits, if you had a $100,000 line of credit and you'd only drawn 20000 on it for some backyard project remodel or something you were doing, um, your line of credit is now being dropped from 100 down to 20. So effectively, like it's closed. And if, you, if you've got a line that you haven't used, it also could be closed. So that's going to be interesting to watch, right? Do line of credits get squeezed and closed off here over the coming weeks and months? Yeah, you know, this is tough. And, and maybe, you know, the, the optimistic side of me wants to go, this is just Chase being really conservative and making sure that they're in position when it's time to pounce, right? Like, maybe what they're saying is like, let's retreat earlier. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to. So that way, if, when things get tough, we're in a better position. And if you remember, so like now, I'm like, let's put on our, on our thinking cap here for a second. So go back to when you and I first started working together, what, what are a couple of the acquisitions Chase made? They bought EMC Bank, right? Mm-hmm. They also bought Washington Mutual. Yep. I mean, they, they didn't even buy these companies. They were, they were effectively they, free. They, they basically were given these companies, yes. And so my guess is like, you know, I don't want to say it's my guess. I can't help but wonder that, hey, if they're 
if they're gonna if they're gonna pull back the reins right now and be more conservative, um, maybe they're just positioning themselves because they see that this is another opportunity to make big leaps and gains uh, through acquisition over the next call it year or so as yeah. these companies try to recover. Yeah, we know well, not all of them will make it. We'll have to do a fact check on this later, but I believe Chase is the largest bank conglomerate, if you will, in the country. Um, I believe they, they, their size and their uh, and all that money on hand, et cetera, exceeds that of B of A, that of Wells, et cetera. So uh, this could be the giant trying to get bigger. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's our last story of the week? Well, this is a non-COVID story for you, Kevin. Yes. Um, this is a study. NAR does lots of studies. They released some new data uh, just this last week. Uh, this is a survey they conducted in July of 2019. Uh, the survey says that 32% of first-time homebuyers got financial help from a relative or friend. Um, you know, limited income, obviously, citing the factor for uh, most of these homeowners not being able to pull from their own savings. Um, as you might imagine, uh, you know, their inability to save for a down payment was hampered by student loans, uh, number one, credit card debt, car loans, number two and three. Uh, but pretty interesting, right? 32% of all first-time home buyers, uh, you know, that were surveyed, and they did a survey of almost 6,000 people in July of 19, represented people that had bought a home in the previous year. So late 18, first half of 19. Um, you know, the survey found that the median down payment was 12% for all buyers, 6% were first for first time buyers and 16% for repeat buyers. So they did, uh, they did this survey here as well. And they kind of broke it out, but just interesting to see, right? Like kind of shows what's what, what I, what troubles me a little bit is just seeing what's going on in our country to bring it a little bit back to COVID recognizing that a lot of first time home buyers, they struggled to save when it was really good, right? 2018, 2019. And now there's a lot of questions about how good it's going to be the rest of 2020 and heading into 2021. Well, I mean, just to think about it this way. So um, let's just say all of the potential first-time home buyers uh, in 20, the rest of 2020, 2021, let's just say that nothing changes for them from, from COVID-19, right? Let's say their financial uh, outlook stays exactly the same. What I'm hearing is like 32% of them, like their, their friends are going to have less money to lend them, right? Or to help them with. That's a really good point. And yep. so that, that's going to have a major impact. Like it's not just their financial wherewithal it's the these i guess friends or relatives or you know whoever is is doing the loaning or or assisting um they're going to be hurt too so yeah it's gonna it's it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt deep yep absolutely so interesting stuff out there anyway thanks for joining us today for industry headlines stay tuned i have a feeling we're going to hear more forbearance numbers and more banking changes uh going on uh, meanwhile real estate's still moving and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that next week in industry headlines as well so thanks for joining us thanks for joining us on the good news podcast we'll talk to you guys next week <laughs> Ow! hey it's kevin and fred do you have a referral for us here in phoenix there are 30,000 agents here that you could send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. Hey, that's it for today. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. If you found this valuable, do us a favor. Please review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share this with your friends. And for more great content, check out kevinandfred.com. That's kevinandfred.com. We'll see you soon.